Okay, I'm pressing. <laughs> okay. Woohoo! And Woo! we are live! Yay! Yay! <laughs> Welcome to Spiritpreneur School. I am your host and headmistress, Aviola Abrams. And this beautiful woman that you see here with me is mm -hmm. Erica C. Savanet. Hello, Erica. Hi. Hi. Okay, so I'm going to tell the audience a little bit about you and then let them know about today's show. And then we're going to just get all up into your business, all up into Hi. your brew. <laughs> Great. So Erica C. Savanet, I love it. I love her name. Like I can say it like forever. Is a former model, actress, and MTV VJ. It's so interesting. We have so much overlap in our in our past. Um, yes. She began her writing career in the late '90s as a relationship columnist for Trace Magazine, and since then, her work has appeared in Essence, Heart and Soul, Clutch Magazine, Mommy Noir, XO Jane, and Uptown Magazine, where she was an editor. In addition to her writing, in addition to writing her left-leaning social commentary blog, The Brew, Erica writes a daily column called Pop mom daily exciting stuff pop culture from a mother's perspective for madamnoir.com when she's not doing that find her in jersey city with her hubby and two beautiful girls and you can follow her throughout the social media universe so just to let everyone who is watching know that today's episode is sponsored by Erica's blog, The Brew. We're going to give you uh, the links of how to check her out. And also, my new Spiritpreneur program. If you are ready to create your own Spiritpreneur signature program, I'm teaching you how in a four-week master course that is only for soul-based coaches, healers, goddess light workers, creative geniuses, and sacred bombshell entrepreneurs. You can get more information and take a free class at Abiola tv.com slash I am ready. That's Abiola tv.com where the TV stands for transformation and victory slash I am ready. So now let's turn to our lovely guest, Erica. So Erica, I, I just read your formal bio about who, you know, who we would announce you to be. Who are you really? Give us the real scoop. Who is the woman, the myth, the legend? <laughs> Where do I begin? Um, <laughs> okay, my name is Erica C. Savinet. I was saying you did an amazing job with that name because um, it's complicated for a lot of people. So it's Erica C. Savinet. I am a writer. Uh, I write a daily column for MadamNoir.com called Pop Mom Daily, which is pop culture from a mom's perspective because we moms have a very unique outlook on life. And so um, I'm really all about that. And um, I am a wife. I've been married for some years to my hubby. Um, he's an actor. I have two beautiful little girls. I say they're beautiful. Um, two daughters, six and three. And um, let's see what else. I write, I, I'm a wife, I'm a mom. Those are the main and things. And you're just fabulous. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot by itself. It keeps, it keeps me busy. It really keeps me busy. 
Now you are literally, you know, having it all in terms of like what society says it all looks like. Can you tell us about, um, you know, work-life balance for you, Erica, what that looks like? Oh my goodness, it's day to day. I tell you this, um, I do the best that I can with it. It's, it's interesting because I, um, I wrote an article recently where Shonda Grimes was asked that question, how does she feel about, um, how does she balance uh, work and motherhood? And she said she hates that question because people don't ask men that. Mm -hmm. And it started opening up. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Um, and so a lot of women felt like, well, it's a valid question, answer it. Because it is the first thing that we ask a woman who is a mom and she has a career. So um, I got where Shonda Grimes was coming from. But yeah. for me, I will answer that question because I think that it's, it's something that we moms do want to know. Um, it's, 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 it's a day-to-day -day challenge, really. Um, when you have a career and you have kids, you're always then there's going to be times where you feel like you're not giving the kids enough attention. Um, there are times when you know you have to do work and you have to give that attention. So the balance is really, I think, day to day. I just try to do the best that I can and not feel uh, guilty about it. And um, for me, it's a, it's a lot of not getting a lot of sleep at night <laughs> to make it happen. I was um, saying I go to bed sometimes at one in the morning and I wake up at five. So um, that's just what it is right now. But what I do is remind myself that I love what I'm doing. I love writing. I love um, putting work out there that I, I believe in, that I can stand behind. And so sometimes it means being a little sleepier than I would prefer, but it is what it is, you know? It is, yeah, yeah. I think that that is, you know, thank you for sharing that answer with us. And I think that it is a very, very valid question. You know, I'm asking not only, you know, for the women who are watching, but I'm also asking for myself, you know, mm. we are age appropriate, as they say, you know, mm -hmm. and I haven't had my babies yet. And I would mm -hmm. like to, you know, because yeah. of the timeline of how things go. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's scary to me because I love what I'm doing so much, you know, and so it's a it's a valid question. And if, and if we were talking with a man who was like the primary caregiver for his children, we would ask, you know, that we question who happens we that would. the way that things, you know, work in our society, it tends yeah. to be, you know, that we are tend to be the, the primary caregiver, yeah. you know, right. so and I think it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be different for every woman. I feel like um, no two women are the same when it comes to balancing work and motherhood. And I think we have to know that, that it's going to be unique to us. And that's why really managing the guilt around it is a big yes. thing, you know, but it's, it's just going to be personal. It's, no, I wish there was a magic answer to that. Yeah, I wish there was too. <laughs> I wish there was too. But the beautiful thing is that it's a choose your own adventure, you know, just like a, the creative life, you know, that you are your life as a writer is not going to look like my life as a writer or the next person's right. life as a writer. Like we all literally get to create this life, you know, right. in the way that, you know, your husband yeah. as an actor, it's the same yeah. thing. Um Absolutely. The things that we have, some of the things we have in common in our past, Erica, um, <laughs> with you, you were an MTV VJ and I was a BT. I had a beat my own BT show I for a remember. while. I remember. I used to say yes. that. Yes. I remember. <laughs> and I remember you're, you were you you were everywhere and you still are, you know, but there it was your face and now it's more your <laughs> voice, which is really amazing and phenomenal. <laughs> 
what was the transition like for you? Was there a conscious transition that, okay, this was my modeling time, this was my writing time? Or was it just that, was it just, you know, the progression of things? Or did they just overlap and, and it just was what it was? Well, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I um, I used to. I've always been a writer. I started writing when I was in high school. When I first, uh, one of my first. I'm still proud of it. My first award for writing an essay. When Yay! I was, yeah, when I was a senior in high school. So, I've always been a writer, but I um, I never took it seriously. Even when I was modeling and acting, writing was kind of like that thing I would do on the side. And I had a, a relationship column for a trace, mm -hmm. and it was fun for me. And then um, at one point when I had my kids, you know, things changed. I have, like I said, two daughters and I was looking at some of the things I was doing. I used to also, you know, sing. So I wanted to be like, you know, this big singing sensation or whatever. And um, I had to really say, what can I do having two kids? Like I had to really evaluate my options and writing um, some, which is, like I said, something that I love. It really made the most sense. Um, I realized I couldn't be in a studio trying to sing and I have two kids, you know, you get lost in a studio singing, you could be there for days and not going to work for me being a mom. Mm -hmm. And, um, not to say there are a lot of moms that are actresses and whatnot, but for me, it just made the most sense. And it was still in line with something that I love. I think a lot of times we, um, don't look for things that can seem practical because we want to build a certain amount of passion from what we do. But the funny thing is, sometimes that passion comes when you choose something, even if it seems practical, if you have an inkling of, of love for it, then you nurture that and you, you, you plant it as a seed and you water it and then it grows into something. And that for me is what writing has been. It, made, it started off making sense, but it's become something that, um, that I really love and that I appreciate and I feel honored to do um, and, and keeping in line with the fact that this is about telling stories. I get a high when I, I tell stories and I'm really interviewing women about their experiences. Um, it's not always about me and my personal experiences. I love when I can share a story. I just wrote something for Pop Mom Daily about a mom whose son served 13 years for a crime he did. And it was really, I wanted to know what, what does a mom think when, when we try to teach our kids um, to do right and teach them right from wrong and then they end up in, in prison. Now he happened to not do it, but even if he had, you know, your mom and your, what does, what goes through your head? You know, you worry and you, you have regrets. Maybe you wish you had done something different. And so for me to tell this woman's story was such an honor. And I'm always honored when people speak to me really honestly and openly and and they give me that so i i um try to do the best that i can to really tell people's people's stories in the most just the highest way that i can you know it's just an honor how i feel about i i so relate to what you just said that that's exactly how i feel like you know being able to dialogue with women like you like what we're yeah. doing right now and be able to give a platform to yeah. our voices you know the the power storytelling is a really powerful you know and ancient and rich and deep you know <laughs> yeah that's true um, it, it's just and 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 I I completely relate to that. That is that mm -hmm. is so powerful and so incredible. And and thank you for for saying that. And thank you for your writing, Erica. You oh, have a very distinct 
and specific voice and oh. I love reading your writing Thank I you. know that you have you're welcome you're welcome and and I've enjoyed it you know from you know the bitches brew which is <laughs> the brew and through its its various formats and so now you're doing a daily column yeah. um which Pop is daily. <laughs> Pop on daily which is quite rigorous um you know just as a writer you know I did that for a little bit with Yahoo, and it's it's okay. it's intense. It is intense. <laughs> it's intense. It is and you talk to us about the difference in you know what it was like for you um, before with doing some of the you did some very long form pieces, right. and now you know with the daily column. Yes, I mean when I first um, reinvented it, it used to be Bitches Brew, and then I reinvented. Um, I dropped. It became the Brew, <laughs> and. Um, I would do, which is my blog, blog thebrewonline.com. And um, it would take me a month. When I first started, it would take me a month to do one post. And now I'm at one day <laughs> doing a post. So it's been a process of figuring out how to bring uh, the same depth and quality to an article in a very short amount of time. And um, that has been a process. And I, I really work to cultivate a certain... Um, there's this a process that I, I take myself through that I've had to develop through doing. I think a lot of things happen in the doing. Um, if I hadn't taken on doing a daily blog, I mean, a daily column, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to do a daily column. Sometimes when we really stretch ourselves out and we put ourselves out there, we have to figure it out. Like it's just, um, you just have to figure it out. So for me, I've just had to figure it out. And it is rigorous because like I said, I go to bed a lot of times at one, I wake up at five. I um, I pull, most nights are late nights and I, I get just a few hours sleep, but I love it, you know? And on those days when I don't get a lot of sleep and I still have to get up with my girls and get them off to school and pick them up and be present for them um, from the time they get out of school until the time they go to bed, I have to be there with them and um, presence is, is a factor and um, but I just, again, I remind myself that I, I love what I do. And so this is what the path that I've chosen. And so with that, um, it's not going to be exactly, it's not always going to be convenient for me um, mm -hmm. in that sense. But when you love it, you just figure it out, you know? Yeah. any sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I love what you said about us stretching ourselves. There's so many times, you know, so many times somebody may get an offer of something and feel like, uh, I really can't do that. But, mm -hmm. you know, leaping into it and, you know, and allowing yourself to grow, yes. I feel like is a really important part of the journey and, and really important as a writer. Yes. If I hadn't taken um, Pop Mom Daily on writing on a daily basis, I would have never known that it was possible for me to write what I write daily because I, I get in there. I love to explore topics and I'll ask myself maybe 20 questions on a topic before I start writing. Like I explore it. <laughs> I explore topics like crazy. And so I would have never thought known that it was possible. It used to be a thing in my head, like one day I'd love to write every day but it was so far off in the future um and so now it's here but i had to actually just take it on you know and so i'm, I'm happy that i did and it's scary and some days i'm really like um i i have to get my daughters at so i have to leave the house at two o'clock to get my daughters but sometimes 
the column, I'm, I'm, I'm turning it in at like 159, you know, and yes. some days I'm wondering, oh my God, am I going to figure out that, that angle, that thing that I want to say in this, that thing that I find special about this topic? Will I find it in time? Will it, will it happen? Will I create that magic around mm -hmm. it? And um, it happens. It always happens. You know, it's different. Every topic is different, but it always does happen. And so um, it's a really uh, an amazing process. You know, I'm happy to just, like I said, get the opportunity to do it. That's awesome. And actually, you just reminded me that we are actually in November, which is the National Novel Writing Month, okay. where a lot of writers challenge themselves to try to finish okay. a book by writing every day. And so oh. that's great. So if you are a writer and you're watching this, you know, just Google national. It's it's like a nano right month. The the, the mm. hashtag and just check that out because it is a very specific muscle with pushing yourself that way. And one of the things oh, that yeah. I thought, Erica, you know, when I I learned that you were doing a daily column is how exciting because for me as someone who likes and appreciates your writing, how exciting because now you're gonna have so much content that you can pick and choose from to put together as your book. Yes, true, true, absolutely. I mean, I definitely see a book in the future. It's it's, it's interesting. There's so many um, things that I'm interested in that I don't even know where I would begin, what realm to do a book in. I'm sure it would now be as, uh, in the realm of maybe mom, something to do with that, I'm thinking. But um, but right now I'm really having fun doing this and exploring the, the daily column. Like I'm having a ball. And so um, again, the, the book, I definitely, I'd love to do books, you know, like you, like you. <laughs> I want to be like you when I grow up. I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> so Erica, I know that, you know, for a while, you know, you were, primarily at Mommy Noir and then, you know, the, the, the growth and the evolution of that. Is there, are you a part of the extended mommy blogger and mommy writing community? Um, I don't understand the question. Like in what way? Like, uh, like, I guess that there's for me from the outside, because I'm not a mommy okay. blogger, it seems like there is less kind of, and it could be, I'm just imagining it, this cohesive, <laughs> you know, kind of mommy bloggerness, like, oh, mommy like bloggers. And, that, yeah, and that people are throwing sponsorships <laughs> and money and opportunities for mommy bloggers and mommy bloggers are getting together and, you know, so. Well, you know what? There is no, um, at least if there is, I have just not been invited yet. <laughs> Okay. It's not a club with a key and not, not a club. Okay. But you know what? That means there's opportunity to create one, which, you know, I would take that one. Yes. <laughs> there should I, be. There, there should, should be. be. There should be. I know that um I've met like a couple of people who write about black family life, you know, in a way to tell are stories that specifically, yeah. you know, just haven't been told, you know, that yeah. there, are, there are only very specific voices that we tend to see in big media. And so yeah. I know that there is a couple that blogs together and, and their blog is called Black and Married with Children. And, yeah. you know, yeah. yes. And so there, there, so, so that would, that might be very interesting to, you know. Yeah, I think it'd be great if we all got together and kind of powwowed and 
saw how we could bring that energy together. I mean, because it's um it's the future. You know, a lot of women are gonna have kids and families are gonna be formed, and it's important, you know, especially for the Black community to um, create a village uh, galaxy around that. You know, mm -hmm. to really really nurture the the future, the next generation. So. You know, I think that would be great. And it's I think there's a lot of room for growth and development and coming together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking of community, Erica, that in the tradition of many great writers that your writing is, you know, very much social commentary. There's a very, you know, strong sociopolitical, you know, voice as well, mm -hmm. and, you know, in a, in a very personal way that mm -hmm. isn't, you know, like in a wagging your finger kind of way, but mm -hmm. it's it, it's a very personal voice. How did you develop that specific voice that you have? I know that you started as a relationship writer with Trace. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it's interesting. Um, hmm, how did I develop that voice? You know, it's always in development. Um, for me, I'm just a very curious person. I'm curious about um, people in general. I ask a lot of questions and I always have. And um, for me, I don't know, I always say it's about me, but it's about other people too. I don't know, I really don't know. I think I always say it's just kind of in the doing. The more you you write, the more you discover about yourself. Um, I think an article you may have commented on um, through like Twitter or something that you read. Mm -hmm. I've, I've written about things that I thought that I would never write about before, like such as when I got my lip done. Yes. Um, <laughs> share, share that story. Share the story of the writing of it and share the yeah. story of what happened. Oh, yeah, there are things that I, I had, like secrets that I felt like I would take to the grave. And one of them, not one of my most shining moments, was when I was a model. I went and I always wanted um, fuller lips. And so I went to a woman um, and who lived in Harlem that I was I was told about. And I allowed this woman to put some permanent lip stuff in my lips. And I, I didn't even know the woman's name. Um, and I say lip stuff because I don't even, I didn't even ask what it was. You know, I just really wanted to look this certain way. And I thought that was going to be the answer for me that once I did that, my career was going to skyrocket and I was going to be this big supermodel. And what I got was um, jacked up lips <laughs> as a result. It did not turn out well. Um, and for me, I was so embarrassed and I felt so much shame around that um, because it just was not smart. And um, that's something that I, I, I never told anyone. And it really had a big effect on my career because I stopped enjoying taking pictures. I, I hated uh, seeing myself on film. So how do you model when you don't, when you no longer like how you look, you know? So um, my work started dwindling in a certain way because I wanted to just hide. And so I did hide in a lot of ways. And so um, that's something I never thought I would tell anyone. And then I found myself writing about it. Um, one day I had just, I just wanted to be free. I just wanted to um, be myself. And I felt that if I shared that, then maybe I could have some freedom again. You know, maybe I could accept myself again. Maybe I could could um, look at a picture of myself and not feel feel ashamed, you know? And um, so I shared that story and it was a turning point for me because once I shared that, there was nothing that could hold me back anymore. That was like my biggest secret. And so writing for me has been very therapeutic. So when you ask about how did that voice develop, 
it's very therapeutic, you know, what it, um, what it does for me. And I don't know, I just feel like it's in the sharing those things because I feel like a lot of us have things that we've done that we're not proud of, but we don't tell anyone. And especially as black women, when it comes to things like surgery, we don't mm-hmm. talk about that. And we definitely don't talk about surgery getting botched up. And, and um, so we tend to think that we're above certain things, you know, yes. um, people talk now a lot about getting the, you know, butt implants and, and, and that going wrong. But um, I just feel like for me, it's about being really human. And, and, and maybe when I can be human, then it can give other women, other black women, you know, that permission to be human too. So, so in a way, that's really what I'm about. I'm just about, um, I'm just no longer afraid to not be myself. And that's come mm-hmm. through um, my writing. And it's become because of my writing, you know, if I didn't have that outlet to share that story, you know, in particular, getting my, my lips, lips, you know, messing my lips up, um, then I don't think I would be where I am today because it would probably still be a secret for me. Right. You know? So, so I mean, writing has the ability to really, um, I don't know, it can change our world. It can change other people's world. It's important, you know, the way I see it. It is important. It is important. And I, I feel like it is, it's a, a ministry, you know, that, you know, I say all the time, like writing saves my life, you know, mm-hmm. and also, mm-hmm. you know, reading other people's stories, it does give us permission, you know, as you know, I really, I've related so much to, to many things that you said when you talked about the lips, like, you know, I, have I have smaller lips for a black girl. <laughs> I do. And I was actually having this conversation with a friend of mine a couple of months ago. She's a beauty blogger, Patronilla Jefferson. And she said, okay, so, so what are some of the topics you think that women want to know, you know, about beauty, black women for her beauty blog? And I said, can you write something about, you know, plumping up your lips and making your lips bigger? And she's like, Abiola, she's like, no other black women need to know that. No, like, that's oh. funny. We do, though. And that's the thing. And that's why it's so great to talk about it, because we don't know those things that other black women talk about. You know, I, I still have so many stories yet to write about anorexia, bulimia, things yes, like that. Yes, yes. You know, I, I have a bulimia story in me that has yet to be written. Mm-hmm. But when I was growing up, I didn't know other Black women suffered from bulimia. We still don't hear about it a lot, mm-hmm. you know? So we tend to, that's when I say we tend to think we're above certain things and we're not, you know? I'd love to read about someone else's struggle with lip envy, another Black woman. Yes, you know? yes. I, mean, I, I yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I mean the 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 booty thing has been now at this point has been so done, but it's also something that's very much uh, prevalent in our society. But I wrote a post flat booty. I mean, for me, and I love that was another one I thumbed up, and I was like, yes, for the flat booty girls. <laughs> like growing up with a flat booty was tough, you know, before there was um any implants or anything like that, but um. No one talked about, there's a time when no one talked about those things. I mean, what does it do to you if you're a black woman with a flat booty? Not like a small booty. I'm talking about no booty. <laughs> yeah. And it's real, you know, there's teasing. There's, I mean, teasing from a young age. So I really try to, for my writing, I actually try to make it entertaining even when I write about these things, just so people will listen. Sometimes it's um, 
easier to bring a little humor into these topics because mm -hmm. then you can kind of catch people off guard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I'm always trying to bring the humorous aspect whenever, when I can, you know, when I can. <laughs> I think that that's a really good way to look at it. And, you know, for people who are watching, if you want to ask questions and you are watching this live, there is a blue question box. It mm -hmm. says Q and A and it's on the bottom of, um, of the viewer. You can click there and ask your questions. I think that, you know, that it, it's definitely like, and for, for people who are, are writers or aspiring writers, it gets easier after you share the story. Like it's terrifying. The first time that I wrote about, you know, dealing with disordered eating, you know, it was, it was terrifying for me and I felt, oh you know, embarrassed and scared yeah. and, but then it becomes easy because after you say it, then it's out. Yeah. Then, you're then you can, it's not that big a deal. It's not the right. deal you thought it was. It's really not, you know, once you get it out there and once you really kind of put that thing you never thought you would put out there, out there, mm -hmm. then you have so much freedom. There's just, you know, the sky's the limit for you, you know? That's what yes. I found. Yes, 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 yes. Well, Erica, let me ask you this because, you know, you're, you're still stunning. You're still young. Um, you have two kids, you know, who are equally as gorgeous, I'm sure. Have you ever thought about modeling as a family or is modeling something that you would ever still do? Or is that... Well, now I'm looking more into, I'm, I'm really about um, being a mom. That's what I love. I'm, I mean, I'm a woman, obviously, you know, it's not just about me being a mom. But when I think now in terms of um, modeling, I think about things, partnering with brands and, and people that um, really want a strong voice. It's kind of like I'm, how can I say that? Um, it's really what I'm about first. Like I'd like to partner with people who really want to put things out in the world, make a difference in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. And those are the things that I would want to lend my voice to, my image to. Um, it's different than when um, I would just do things for, because I was a model, you're a face for hire, you know? And so now that I'm, I'm a little older and that I'm a family woman and I'm also I feel a certain social responsibility. You know, I'm writing about topics and things that I, I really, um, you know, believe in. So it's really about lending my voice, my face, myself to things that I can get behind. And so that's, that's what I would do and consider now. Because, um, yeah, I don't have to go and, and I can do what I want to do. That's kind of how yes. I think. <laughs> you know, about what I want. You know, I'm always trying to see what do I want to do, you know? independent of just money though we all have to make money and that's important but i'm really always trying to uncover what am i about what do i want you know so that's what i'm moving towards it's always figuring out what do i want what's the next thing for me what am i about what do i want to put out there how do i want to make a difference you know yes okay okay so then i would say erica then if someone is watching this and she's like oh my gosh look at erica she's so fabulous you know <laughs> and they want to be a writer and a blogger um that you know most of us who are writers were always writers you know as you <laughs> said but they want to do it professionally what would your advice be i would say if you want to do um writing professionally i think one of the most important things that we can do and it's one of sometimes the hardest thing is really figuring out what you want to talk about, what you're about, what's important to you, because there's a whole world out there. So if you say you want to write, you can't, you know, it's just about what, you know, what, what really speaks to you. 
So I think when you can kind of identify a space for yourself, a realm, I think that's like the first thing. And then um, one of the second things I think could be really looking at your time. And for me as a mom, one thing I had to do was accept that I have a certain amount of time and that's it. I think we always, um, a lot of us tend to envision if I had this amount of time, like I, like I said, it used to take me a month to write one thing, one post. Um, we think there's going to be this day when we're going to have more, you know, when we're going to have all the time we need or all the elements are going to come in place. And maybe we won't have that job, that nine to five or something that we feel is keeping us from having time. I think one of the main things we can do is realize this is what I have. I have this amount of time and I'm going to have to produce within this time frame, And that's it. <laughs> like once you can accept what you have today, then you can kind of like start moving from there. You can fit it into that, work with that. And then it becomes about the next step and the next step. You know, I think writing becomes start writing, just start writing, you know, start writing, sharing it with your friends, getting a free template. I think a lot of people underestimate just getting a free template. You don't really have to pay anything to get going, get a free template um, and start putting it on that page, you know, start um, exploring what's important to you. And even if, if putting it on a, a free blog for yourself is still putting it out there, which is a little much free, a little intimidating as a start, start writing and, and send it to your friends. I have a lot of people that ask me about writing and I tell them to send me, you know, send stuff my way. And you'd be surprised how many people don't do that. I'm sure you get that too. Yes. And I, and you say, well, send it to me. I'll take a look and I'll let you know. And they don't ever come back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that it's good that you said that, you know, you said two key things there. You know, the first is, you know, that people use the excuse of time. You know, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And I say that it's not about time. It's about what you prioritize. We all have the yeah. same amount of time, yeah. you know, and I don't have the time just means it's not a priority to yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, and then I'll say for like, say parents and moms, you do have less, like that is the truth. You know what I mean? But if you have, for me, like I said, I go to sleep a lot of times at one and I'm up at five. I could say that's not enough time or I can say that's what I have to work with. So I'm going to, I'm going to get four hours sleep tonight, but I'll be damn, I'm going to keep working, you know? And then at some point that's going to be different, but right now that's all I have, you know? So mm -hmm. it's either you can, you choose, it's like a choice, you know, you choose to do it with what you have, or you choose to wait until this, time in the future where this magic things are magically <laughs> going to it's a it's a myth you know what i mean it's, it's not a myth <laughs> it is a myth i call it the myth of ultimately you know people think in their head ultimately they'll be happy ultimately right. they're gonna ultimately what yes. ultimately, I'm, yes. gonna lose the weight. I'm gonna be happy i'm gonna finish yes. writing the book i'm gonna yes. start my dream blog they have yes. a you know an idea that ultimately yes. But this is our lives right this minute. It's right happening today. now. This is it's happening now. Yeah. So I think the other key thing that you said, Erica, is about action and about how many people say, hey, I want to do this. And then when you have offered to them, send it to me and I'll take a look. And then they never come back never. with it. You never, you know, and it's, it's very interesting. It really shows, I think a lot of people, um, I think they're maybe they're shocked about what it really takes to get something going. You know what I mean? It's not easy. It is not. <laughs> I mean, yes. if things were easy, everybody would be doing, doing yes. it. 
They just would, you know? And I think we all want it easier. I would love a lot of things to be easier. I would just love it. <laughs> me too, but, me too. But that's not what it is. It's not what it is. It takes takes work, you know, <laughs> to get a, if you envision a certain life and a certain lifestyle, you're gonna, it's gonna take everything in you to get that. It's gonna take everything. <laughs> it's gonna take a, take a level of focus that you didn't know that you had. You know, it's going to take sticking to it every single day, you know, is important every moment. So, you know, but that's what it is. That's what it is. Well you know? said. Okay. So you have a number of questions coming in, <laughs> Erica. Okay. So here's a question from Chica Photo. She says, what do you think are the barriers that stop black women bloggers from sharing personal stories and perspectives. She says her friend is a travel blogger who's hesitant about posting travel stories involving racism and sexism. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I just think that, I mean, when I look at myself and what stopped me is really, there's a certain level of embarrassment. Um, it's a lot of it has to do with, um, revealing ourselves and, and, and feeling like we have to be smarter than the, I don't know if it's our white counterparts uh, than other people, but it's, it's really interesting. Sadly, it holds us back because we struggle with so much, you know? And so by revealing those things, someone else can say, oh my God, I didn't know that you felt that way. Like I've never, until you said that thing about the lip envy, I had never met someone else that has said, oh, me too. So I love that you can say that. You know what I mean? It's like we have that in common. I didn't know. Yes, yes. <laughs> great. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's a certain level of vulnerability that we don't want to have, but it also keeps us in that thing of, of being super women. And, and that is, that's a myth too, but it's only perpetuated by us because we don't put the vulnerability out there. You know, for me in my writing, it's really not, a, I don't tell people what they should do or how they should feel. I really, a lot of times just share it and whatever people make of that. But a lot of times I do not look like the smartest person in the world. And I understand that it was not smart to go get my lips pumped up by a woman whose name I didn't even know twice, you know, and then I, mm -hmm. to go on a whole spree of seeing other doctors trying to get it fixed and you know, not to call out names, but I, I'll say someone, God bless her, like say a little Kim. I feel like a lot of women like that is more in the reason the they get to that place because they're trying to fix it. At some point you start chasing the fix. You want to fix it. If you could go back to your original, you would. You know, I shared with my six-year-old daughter yesterday because I saw her having an issue with, um, she has very short hair. And so she struggles with that sometimes. And I'm constantly showing her pictures of people like um, Lupita and yes. anyone that I see with short, a short fro, I'd show her and I say, oh my God, look at this model, look at this person. Or it's not always models, you know, but I say, isn't she beautiful? So she struggles with that. And I had to tell her about me and my lip, you know, and there's a lot maybe to share with a six-year-old, but I wanted her to know that I too struggled with um, my image. And I told her, I said, if I could go back to my original lip, I would do it in a second. So I just wanted her to know you're beautiful as you are right now, originally, you know, this is your original self and you are gorgeous, you know? And so 
I just feel like as black women, it's time for us to just be who we are, you know, whatever that is, whatever it is, however it looks. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're no, not perfect. we're not. You know what I mean? We're figuring it out. We're Let's figuring it out. Let's, Let's do it together. together. Yes. And you're bringing tears to my eyes because... Mm -hmm. You know, that the myth of the of being a strong black woman, you know, on its surface seems like something positive, but it's really insidi insidious, 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 <laughs> because it, it cheats us of our humanity. It cheats us of yeah. our vulnerability. It cheats us of being like, oh, my gosh, you know, like I didn't know that other yeah. black women, it's you know, had eating true. disorders. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yep. So I thought something was just then even more wrong with me because, know. It's like you know, <laughs> you know, it's just like, but we're all human. We're all we human. are. We are. Let's take another question, Erica. So Stacy Barlow says it has been said that people don't read anymore. I don't believe <laughs> that. But how can you get someone to read what has been written? What has been written? And Stacy um, is a Stacy's a writer um, who writes columns and also books, uh, poetry, and nonfiction. Okay, you know what? One thing I'll say to that: How can you get people to read? Hmm. I'm gonna go out on a limb and believe that people want to read quality work. Um, but I think that we also have to look at as writers, we're responsible for. People want to talk about writing for, you know, they do things for themselves. I write for myself first, this and that. That's cool, but I could write for myself all day. I have to find out what are people interested in. If I'm, if I'm writing for Black women, what are some of the issues? What are some of the things that are important to us right now? What do we need? What's missing? So I feel like um, in terms of getting people to read what you're writing it has to be enrolling it has to be something in it for them it can't be so personal to the point that it's about us and no one else cares really you know i think we just get in our own we indulge ourselves a lot in our stories you know we get caught up in thinking that our lives are so interesting and they really are but what's in it for the other person so for myself there's an element of myself in there, sure, but there's also, I'm always looking to see what's needed. What do black women need? Because that's who I write for mostly, first and foremost. Um, so so what are we into? So it takes that extra step of um, getting outside of ourselves, you know, and incorporating others into it. So I think if you have something in it for someone else, they're going to read it. You know, and it also takes finding those women. You're gonna have to test the market. You're gonna have to put things out there and see who who it resonates with. That's our that's the work that we have to do. We have to share it. You know, if we don't share it, then we're in our own minds thinking it's the greatest thing ever written. But <laughs> yeah, maybe to you. But if no one else can pick up on it, then you still need to work on it. You know, there's something that you have to um, that has to click. So it really becomes about um, sharing, testing the market, putting it out there. What do people think about it? Reading those comments. It's hard as heck to read comments. Someone on Madame Noir the other day, <laughs> if a writer says they don't read comments, you know, their own their comments on their posts, they're lying. <laughs> I was reading comments. You know, I disagree with comments. We'll talk about that you know, on the okay, side. You don't read comments. Did you write I have a I have it depends on the site. Certain sites where, you know, it's just like. <laughs> well, you know what? I can understand that. But I do. 
I do read comments because it gives me an idea of what um, people are thinking on the topic that I wrote about. So it's almost like an assessment. Um, but you know, we know, we all know people can be mean. So, I mean, on a post the other day, someone said, to Madame Noir get a new writer? The tone of this story was horrible. <laughs> and I had to say, okay, you know what? I'm not for everybody. Right, <laughs> that's and that's fine. that person's opinion. Yeah, I'm not for everybody. But you know, it's really about finding those people that you are for, you know, and that's in the work, who does like it. And it's about, um, like really getting to know those people and having a relationship. You know, it's about the relationship you have with mm -hmm. the people that you write for, you know, because ultimately it's not just for us, you know. Yes, the relationship I think is really important and that's what separates it from being a monologue and makes it into mm -hmm. a dialogue. Right. And so, yes, like that there are, you know, I will dialogue with people all over, you know, my social media, but there are some sites where like Huffington Post, for example, you know, it's literally like some guy in a basement, they're anonymous. Abiola Evans is my real name. I'm my real self that I've been since birth this is the name my parents gave me, you know, so I'm being me. And so if you want to show up and have a dialogue with me, you show up as you, you don't show up as an anonymous person because then I, you know, and I also say, you know, quickly, cause I will block you and delete you very fast. My social media is not a democracy. It's not. Right. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I prefer people to be respectful. I always, I'll have a dialogue with people as long as they're respectful because you don't have to agree with everything I say you don't have to agree with anything that I say but don't call me an idiot you know what I right. mean don't call me names don't call me stupid things like that you know unfortunately you get a you know you got to take the good with the bad you know and kind of um develop a thicker skin when it comes to that you know I used to get um in the beginning when I started posting things on different sites I used to um and they'd get a lot of comments I used to get down about, you know, things that I would take it personally. And then I had to really like get over that and say, okay, you know what? The fact that they even took the time to say something means that it struck some type of chord because if it didn't, they wouldn't say anything. Yeah. I remember um, speaking of mentors, <laughs> I know um, there's a, a mentor that I had, his name is Claude Gruniski and he put out um, this magazine, Trace Magazine, which is where I had my first uh, my relationship column. And he used to tell me when I started off, if people aren't saying anything, then you're not really saying anything. So it's in the people who don't like you as well that, you know, really shows you that you're saying something. So yes. I always try to say something, damn it. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think it's also important that you said you're not for everybody. I'm not for everybody. None yeah. of us is for everyone. And so by trying to appeal yeah. to everyone, you appeal to no one, That's really. Right. You know, wait, here's a, okay. So here's another question mm -hmm. for you, Erica from Chica Photo. She says, I think that it's important that you write about, oh, she's still, oh, she's talking about her friend, the travel writer. Okay. I think it's important that she writes about the fullness of her experiences, positive, negative, and everything in between. Oh, she's just saying, thank you both for such an engaging discussion. It is important. And, right. and you share about being a mommy, which, mm -hmm. you know, is, is great because, you know, being a mom in our generation is different than it was 
for our mothers. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, while I might enjoy reading someone like Alice Walker talking about motherhood, it's different because for me, you're my peer. And so it's more relatable for me that you share your experience. Yes. And right now, because there are things that are going on now today in terms of social media and what our kids see, there's so many things that are different than when, like you said, Alice Walker was, was bringing up her kids. That's why it's important to have so many voices, to have voices out there. You know, we all have we're all rich in experiences, you know, moms, single women, you know, it's just really about really sharing who we are and making it palatable for other people so that people can read and find the fun in that again. You know what I mean? But I think it really takes writers that really are um, passionate about what they're doing and, and not even just passion that really do the work, you know, um, you can't really just make it about followers and, and people follow you when you have something that you're about, you know, I think I'll follow anybody when they're about something. Um, so it's really about what are you, like I said, what do you have to say? What are you bringing? What void are you filling? Where are you coming from? Why should I listen to you? What you have to say, like, make it, make it enroll me in something, you know, when in terms for writing, I take it seriously, you know, with a lot of respect, the the writers that I love, James Baldwin, Langston Hughes, you know, Zora Neale Hurston, Maya Angelou, I really respected those people and what they did as an art. So I think that, you know, it's easy to throw blogs up and things like that, but I always feel that like real true writers that really are about the craft, they're gonna, the, they're gonna stick out and they're gonna find an audience. You just have to be gutsy enough to, to put that work out there and, and do the work to keep putting it out there to know that it's not gonna, you're gonna be in development. You know what I mean? You're not gonna have it maybe right off. And I always say, I'm, I tell my daughter and, and, and I always say I'm the greatest writer that ever lived. You know, like that's my goal. <laughs> Yay. Muhammad Ali, every time I write something, like I want it to be the greatest thing written, you know, but that's the bar that I set for myself. And of course it doesn't always reach that level, but damn it, just by having that as a goal, then my stuff is usually elevated higher than uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, not to sound conceited, it's just, it's just, there's a level of um, greatness that I like to bring to my work. I'm just about it being great. You know, I, I love people like Muhammad Ali, people that were about it, you know, and yes. about it, you know, so it's like, you know, I feel like if you want to catch me, you're going to have to get up early. You're going to have to go to bed. Yes. You're going to have to get three hours sleep. <laughs> You know, you know, come get me, but I'm going. You know, let's go though. Let's all of us go. Let's be about it. You know what I mean? Let's change the world. Yes, that's you beautiful, know? Erica. Yes. You know what I mean? I would love a whole gang of black women such as yourself that are really about it. You're about it. You know what I mean? I met you via social media and I love yes. how your smile and how you're so welcoming. You welcome me on social media, you know, and like um, you're about it. You know, you're really about you. it. I, I think it's about women like that coming together. Let's just keep going, especially for black women. There's so many places that we can go, you know, so if we just kind of like get going with it and and really throw a lot of the old conversations aside and, and make it about the new conversations. What's next for us? I'm always trying to see what's next for us. Where are we going? You know, let's find new places to go. There's there's so much ahead of us besides you know what's behind us there's so many 
trails to be blazed, you know? So that's what I'm about. Yes, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> that is that is being transcribed and being put in my next book. <laughs> Quote from Erica C. Savonet. That was that was beautiful and inspirational. <laughs> you uh, have a couple of questions I want to get to before okay. we close. So Olivia, hi Olivia. Olivia says, can you offer some guidance or inspiration about writing for blogs or websites besides my own blog? Or newsletter I have a block when it comes to expanding outside of the comfort of the space I created I honor that question Olivia courageous question yeah that's a great question and one that I had to tackle myself um, starting with my own blog and um, what what it is is to really look at okay what is your subject matter for one um, look at find blogs bigger blogs um, established blogs uh, that have the content that you write, see what type of post, type of stories they um, put out on their blog, say if it's Clutch or ExoJane or Essence, Ebony, um, whatever site it is, do your research basically, find out what type of stories they look for, and then you just um, find out um, what their email is. A lot of times they'll have a, a pitch, you know, how to contact them for pitches, and you write a pitch. You write a pitch letter. Um, a pitch letter being this is uh, a topic that I've written on or that I mainly it's great if you kind of like have written on it already or you have it. But this is a topic that I've written a story on. Say if it's on um, something like I don't know, just crazy. I wrote something on washable pads. <laughs> Sanitary <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you wrote an article on that and you tell them why you think their audience would be interested in a topic like that. You know, you kind of show them what's in it for them and their for their audience. You write a, a, a pitch letter that lets them know that why their readers would be interested in that. You send them um, that sample, but Again, you make it enrolling, but you um, you just you just email these sites, and those sites have following. They have bigger followings. Even someone like um, CurlyNikki.com, she was fantastic when I was getting the the brew going because I um, I contacted her, and she has a like a self help day or something where she does a post a week on self help and. So she would do um, my articles from the brew on that. She would place it on there. And on a day that um, she would place, do one of my articles, say the article on the lip story that I wrote, I would get about maybe seven, 800 people that would come to the brew just from having read it on there. They transferred over to my site. So it's really about piggybacking um, off of more established sites. But you just, again, you write them a letter and let them know why this thing that you've written is going to be great for their audience. Again, it's always what's in it for them. Not that you just feel like you have something great because you like it. What's in it for the audience? So that's when, again, the research comes in. What is that audience into? Well said. Well said and great advice. I think that a lot of, you know, I, I really want you guys to take away what she just said about the research part of it, especially because a lot of people pitch people and they pitch pitch sites that they don't read or publications yeah. that they don't read. And so mm -hmm. if you don't know the editorial voice and needs of yeah. that publication, like you can't just, don't just go out blindly pitching yes. everything everywhere, really get to know intimately what the voices of the publication, you know, right. uh, an article about Serena Williams for Essence is going to have a different 
different voice in an article in Ebony than a different in the same article on Curly Nikki is going to have a different voice than on Afro Bella. So really get to know who you're pitching as well. Absolutely. And try to come up with the fresh angle. And that comes into the work, too, because you don't want to say the same thing that's been said over and over and over. So you really want to mine that topic for something that's fresh, because already, you know, the topic has a certain interest level, say, if it's black hair or if it's relationships. Okay, we always we all want to know something in that realm, you know, but what is it that you have to say that's a little bit different that maybe hasn't been said or different kind of spin to a topic? You know, there's no new topics under the sun, you know what I mean? So it's always going to be um, the same stuff, but what can you bring that's a bit more unique? And, and that's the work of a, a, a great writer. Great advice. Great advice, mm-hmm. Erica. Okay, so hopefully that's helpful to you, Olivia. Okay, so here is a last question from Chica Photo. She says, last question to you both. Do you meet with other writers or go to writers groups um, receive, to receive and share advice? Or do you, or, okay, she's asking, do you receive and share advice? It is, is it important to be a part of a creative community? If so, how do you find fellow creatives, specifically writers? Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's interesting. That's a very good question. Um, I don't myself necessarily belong to a writer's group. And um, I think that can be helpful. You know, it can be helpful. Sometimes in groups, we can kind of cheer each other on. We can kind of talk about um, some of our issues. Um, I bounce around ideas. Um, But I will say that it's not necessary to have that. I think um, really the most important thing is to get on with it. You know what I mean? What do you have to say? What do you want to do? What are you are you about getting on that schedule for yourself and putting it out there? You know what I mean? Like that to me is first and foremost. That's the most important thing. So again, it can be helpful, but it it don't it's not necessary. I'm glad that you said that. Uh, one of my mentors who recently just passed away, Ms. Jack, the late, great Jackie Collins, that oh. she would say, um, you know, if you want to be a writer, shut up about it and write. Like that was yeah. her motto, yeah. her advice that she would give. And um, I have been literally every, I've done almost every kind of writing and they're all very, very different that I started out um, interning as a copywriter in the, mm. at McGraw-Hill um, publishing, you know, doing copywriting and copy editing. And then I did TV writing when I was doing mm. TV, did film writing when I was, you know, producing short films. And I, did, I was a ghost writer for a while. And, um, you know, my <laughs> first book was fiction. And then this book is, you know, and then now I'm writing more nonfiction. And I I don't think that I've ever outside of, you know, my undergraduate degree was, you know, half in writing. So there I was a part of writing group and writers community. Um, But the interesting thing is that most of my friends are writers. You know, um, my dad is a writer. My sister Ah. is a writer. And so I do think that, you know, as Erica said, you know, when she says to her friends, send it to me, that there is something powerful about sharing writing, you know, with Uh, someone that you trust and having some kind of, um, you know, being able to to have a dialogue or community over it. It doesn't mean that it is a formal writer's group. I I do know a lot of people who have had um, 
great success in being in a writer's group that they like the accountability so yeah. you may want to get someone who is a writing coach you know on board for you depending on where you are and what you're doing um and the great thing is i would say if you're looking for a writing community you know go to meetup.com and find, you know, you can probably find a writer's group in your area no matter where you are or find online. Just Google writer's groups in your city and you'll find somebody who's doing something right. and you can then build, you know, some camaraderie around it. Um, there's also a site which I cannot remember. It starts with an S. If I remember it, I will tweet it later. <laughs> but it is built around, you know, people sharing, you know, as a community, sharing different drafts of their writing. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, it just depends on what your own personal process is. But if you feel like there is a community that you need, maybe you want to take a class. I know in New York, we have Gotham Writers Workshop, you know, take a class and that gives you instant community and mentorship yeah, yeah. as well. Um, okay, so we are at one minute to go and another question just came in and let's just see if you can answer this one really quickly, Erica. Sarita uh, um, or Sarita, beautiful name either way, says wonderful spirited women here. Love this show. I will be sending you both some writing. I really want to branch out more. I've been writing for a while and I have very, I have a little following. Yay. This is very <laughs> inspiring. Well, and, and that's all her, her comment. Um, so Sarita, that is great. I just want to just add a caveat. I am not accepting uh, writing, unfortunately, <laughs> at this time. Um, from other people just because I, I, would, I wouldn't be able to, um, in the time that I personally have right now, do you justice. Um, but you can tweet me your links and I'll, I can take a look at things uh, there, but I, I wouldn't be able to, to properly do you justice. Go ahead, I, Erica, I please. Say, I will say for your, um, anyone that um, contacted me from having watched the show, that I will take a look. So if you Yay. go to the brew www.thebrewonline.com and you'll get my um, email address. If you email me, I will respond and I'll take a look. Yay! And give my feedback. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. That is awesome. So please, yes, Erica will take a look. And she, you are in great hands with Ms. Erica because <laughs> she is an incredible writer. If you are unfamiliar with her work, please check it out. You can check it out at on Madame Noir um, and the Mommy Noir archives and also on her own blog, The Brew Online. Any yeah. parting words for our spiritpreneurs, Erica? Oh, I just want to wish anybody that's um, thinking of a writing career that's currently writing, just go for it. Just keep um, just keep going for it. Don't stop. Just keep developing and growing and putting your work out there and getting better and better. And I wish you the best. <laughs> I want uh, as many fantastic writers out there as possible. We need to. Yes, we do. Yes. Wait, last question, Erica. I forgot to ask you, and this is important. With so much that you're balancing, what is your personal self-care, your your mental health care, your physical, spiritual care? How do you maintain being this 24-7 goddess? You know what? I pray a lot. I listen to a lot of self-help tapes. I listen to Joel Osteen. I listen to... I, I love him. Um, I jog every pretty much most days. It helps me like clear my mind. I meditate when I can. I um, I'm always visualizing 
a life that I want. You know what I mean? I um, I listen to things on um, the subconscious mind even and like that kind of work. Um, I'm really into like how the mind works and how we create our reality. So those are the things that I, I, I get into, you know, they kind of keep me going. <laughs> oh, you are beautiful, Erica. And I just, I look forward to many more conversations with me you. Me too. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I love you. Thank you so much. I, You're I had a welcome. You're getting in all of these thank yous. I just wanted to just let you know, people are just Aww. saying thank you, that they love the conversation. They love what you're doing. Can't wait to, uh, to read your work. Can't wait to send you their work. Say again clearly where they can find you, um, okay. both on social media and your site. Okay, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's Erica C. Savonet. You can find uh, my my the brew at thebrewonline.com you can find pop mom daily which is every day on madamnoir.com so that's pop mom daily so you know you can check me out in a few different places yay and twitter <laughs> twitter too twitter instagram all that good stuff Excellent. And for those of you who are watching, if you are also a Joel Osteen fan or not, Erica just reminded me this past Sunday, he had an amazing sermon that was all about your crown on your oh. head. And it was very inspiring. So you can check that out, you know, online. But thank you, Erica. Thank, thank you for you. your writing, your brilliance, your honesty, thank your you. beauty. Thank, thank you for your vulnerability and oh. giving me permission to be even more of myself, sis. Oh, and your lips are beautiful. They're perfect. <laughs> Thank you, darling. <laughs> and thank you for watching Spiritpreneur School. You can subscribe on iTunes, tell a friend, and we will see you in the next episode.